In today's show, Bitcoin traders hope 27,000 holds as the Bitcoin price ignores the volatile U.S. dollar. In breaking news just in, El Salvador's Volcano Energy launches the nation's first Bitcoin mining pool. Let's go. That's right. Quitting Max Kaiser. Send all your hash to El Salvador. Bitcoin miners around the world, send us your hash to save the planet from fiat money crooks and central bankers. President Bukele launches his re-election campaign and Volcano Energy launches our mining pool the same week. All the stars, all the memes, and all the worlds are aligning behind the savior. Preach. Also in today's show, breaking news, Judge Torres rejects the SEC's motion to file an appeal against the Ripple ruling. We'll also be discussing Alameda Research sent $4.1 billion of the scam FTT tokens to FTX right before the crash. I'll be breaking down this latest report, as well as a new book reveals the Binance CEO CZ rejected Bankman Freed's $40 million request for a futures exchange. Also, California residents file class action lawsuit against Binance and its CEO over the alleged role in the FTX implosion. We'll also be discussing Binance versus the SEC as an amicus brief was filed accusing the SEC of regulatory overreach. Also be breaking down for you CZ's $60 million Bitcoin price prediction. That's right. In September of 2021, when Bitcoin was trading at $60,000 per coin, he said Bitcoin can grow in value you another thousand X, which would mean $60 million per Bitcoin. We'll also be taking a look at the overall crypto market, all this, plus so much more in today's show. Yo, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost a video show. So if you want the full premium experience with video, visit my YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Net. Today is podcast episode number 1421. I'm your host, JV, and today is October 4th, 2023. Lots to cover in the Bitcoin market. Shout out to everyone in the live chat. Make sure to let me know where you're tuning in from, as each and every day, we read everyone's comments out loud during the live Q&A session. And with that being shared, let's kick it off with our market watch. As you can see, Bitcoin back in the green and climbing up one and a quarter percent, trading above $27,600 at the time of this recording. And as you can see, Ether, BNB, Solana, Cardano, all correcting and in the red. One of the top gainers is XRP. After the good news, we're going to be covering for XRP and Ripple versus the SEC and their appeal. And checking out coinmarketcap.com, we're back on the climb at $1.09 trillion for the market cap with roughly $31 billion in volume in the past 24 hours as Bitcoin dominance continues on the climb just short of 50%, currently at 59.6% with the ETH their dominance at 18.2%. I have a question for all my long-term hodlers out there. How high do you think the Bitcoin dominance is likely to climb this cycle? Do you think we can hit 60 or even 70%? What are your thoughts, fam? Let me know. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers of the past 24 hours, we got Trust Wallet Token up 14%, trading just shy of 90 cents, followed by Avalanche up 7.5%, trading just above 10 bucks, followed by Mina up 5%, trading just above 39 cents. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers of the past week, virtually a sea of red with a handful in the green with the Trust Wallet token leading this pack up 14%, along with Avalanche up just above 7%. And checking out the Crypto Greed and Fear Index, one of my favorite indicators, hence why we share it daily on the show, shows we're currently rated a 49, which is neutral. Yesterday, a 50, last week, a 44, and last month, a 40 in fear. So there you have it, fam. How many of you are currently bullish on the King Crypto? 
crypto as we enter October? Let me know your thoughts, fam, in the comments right down below. And now let's break down today's Bitcoin technical analysis, check out the charts and where the Bitcoin price action is likely to go next as we continue to climb. Let's break this baby down. Bitcoin stayed glued to 27500 at the October 4th Wall Street Open as attention continued to focus on rampant United States yields. Here in this chart, you can see Bitcoin's one-hour candle chart. Data from Cointelegraph and TradingView showed a calm day for the Bitcoin price action while the U.S. dollar volatility ruled. After its own spate of hectic trading to start the week, Bitcoin was once more seeking direction with market observers marking out the key price points. Popular trader SKU flagged market traders selling towards $27,600, lending importance to this price level reclaim. Quitting him here, get that reclaim and decent pop will come, he predicted in a part of an analysis as outlined here on X. Takers selling into 27.6 adds importance to this price level reclaim. Get that reclaim and decent pop will come. Note Coinbase actual buyer led price into $27,600. Now fellow trader Crypto Tony additionally highlighted 27,000 as the line in the sand to the downside, quoting the analyst here. Bitcoin update holding that 27 low. So I remain long for the time being and would be shorting if we lose this low here or pump up and reject hard as suggested on this chart, which you can see here in your screen. And updating his own strategy, we also had Mark Cullen likewise emphasizing 20,000 holding as support, quitting the analyst here. Bitcoin getting a reaction from its first attempt to my zone and a tap of the breakout trend line. Market conditions in TradeFi aren't great, so pressure's down. Let's see if Bitcoin can hold this area for a while longer until the other markets stabilize, holding 27 thousand is the key for BTC. So there you have it. As long as we can hold above this line in the sand at 27,000, we shall continue our bullish October. Now, as Cullen and others have explained, the mood on the legacy markets was decidedly less stable than Bitcoin today, October 4th. This came thanks to the U.S. 30-year bonds yield surging to 16-year highs, something which got the commentators wary of a potential meltdown to come. Sku suggests that this angst over how macro forces play out was responsible for the lack of significant Bitcoin trading volume, quoting him again, not much besides dipping the toes in the water kind of bid other than that it's perps mostly buying and market is likely trying to digest everything that is going on in terms of risk parameters and exposure. Many are capitulating to cash, in my opinion, under market distress. Now, U.S. dollar strength delivered upheaval of its own prior to the Wall Street Open with the U.S. dollar currency index swiftly dropping from levels not seen since quarter four of last year, which you can see here in the DXY one hour candle chart and commenting on the situation. We had Sven Henrik, founder of of Northman Trader showed that the long-term DXY chart performance was behaving as expected, quoting the analyst, amid all the chaos and volatility, one amazingly consistent clean chart, the US dollar respecting the channel trend lines, negative divergence on the recent highs at top of the channel. What happens with this will likely be one of the key market drivers for the rest of the year. So there you freaking have it. And now breaking news coming out of El Salvador, their volcano energy launches the nation's first bit Bitcoin mining pool, which we're going to be breaking down in here in just a few moments. But first, let me know how many of you are bullish for this October. Where do you think the Bitcoin price is likely to land before the end of the monthly candle close, end of October, Halloween? 
to be exact, is October 31st. Also, the birthday of Bitcoin is October 31st. So let's freaking go. And with that being shared, now let's dive into breaking news coming out of El Salvador with Volcano Energy and their Bitcoin mining pool officially going live. Here's all the information you need to know. And shout out uh, to Max Kaiser and, of course, uh, Najib Bukele. El Salvador officially launched its first local Bitcoin mining pool as the Volcano Energy Project begins mining blocks through Lava Pool in partnership with Luxor Technology. The Bitcoin friendly country's $1 billion renewable energy project makes headlines earlier in 2023 with stablecoin issuer Tether USDT among companies investing in the project that plans to generate electricity from renewable sources in El Salvador to power the future of Bitcoin mining operations in the country. It don't get no better than geothermal energy from volcanoes. Let's go. Free energy. Bring it. Volcano Energy is tapping into Luxor's experience in providing Bitcoin mining software and services. The project will also use Luxor's hash rate forward marketplace to mitigate the market volatility throughout automated risk management strategies used by other mining Bitcoin operators. Quoting Volcano Energy here on X, Bitcoin has the potential to pay off its climate debt much sooner than solar energy. And thanks to its ability to mitigate methane, it can address more urgent challenges. Hashtag Bitcoin, hashtag climate action. Now, a statement from Volcano Energy's chief officer, Gerson Martinez, highlighted the ongoing efforts by El Salvador to secure the first mover's advantage as a Bitcoin adopting nation state. Quoting him here, our vision is to create vertically integrated energy and Bitcoin mining company whose value is accretive to investors and to all the Salvadoran citizens. So this is a win-win across the board, fam. Luxor's chief operating officer, Ethan Vera, said that the establishment of Volcano Energy and the start of the local Bitcoin mining will contribute to Bitcoin's ethos of geographical decentralization. The announcement also mentions the potential for countries with abundant renewable energy sources to use Bitcoin mining to improve the economics of new energy projects. Mining operations can provide a flexible buyer of first and last resort for energy producers and act as an alternative revenue stream. That's right, Latin America. How many countries are there out there with volcanoes? Quite a lot. Let's tap into this energy source, shall we? As a public-private partnership, Volcano Energy is set to contribute 23% of its net income from mining operations to the El Salvador government. Mining profits are also set to be reinvested into energy transmission mission and infrastructure to stimulate economic and technological growth in the Central American nation. The first phase of Volcano Energy's project involves the construction of a 241 megawatt renewable energy park in Metapon that will comprise of 169 megawatts of photovoltaic solar energy and 72 megawatts of wind power. The long-term goal of the project is to tap into an abundant geothermal energy for the country. And in a previous interview at the Money 2020 conference in Amsterdam, Tether's chief technology officer said the company's investment was aimed to diversify its interest into energy production while making use of renewable energy to mine Bitcoin. Yeah, that's what's up. And journalist Joe Hall traveled to El Salvador in 2023, documenting the adoption of Bitcoin as a means of payment in the two years since the country became the first in the world to officially make Bitcoin a legal tender. Now, obviously, Max Kaiser plays a major role in this volcano energy launch. So here's what he had 
had to share. Send all of your hash to El Salvador. The Bitcoin miners around the world, send us your hash to save the planet from fiat money crooks and central bankers. Preach. President Nayib Bokele launches his re-election campaign and Volcano Energy launches our mining pool the same week. All the stars, all the memes, all the worlds are aligning behind the savior. That's right. El Salvador translated into English means the savior. And it seems to be the new arc. What's your thoughts, fam? How do you think this is likely to go? And how cool is that, that they're mining, you know what I mean? Using uh, geothermal energy and wind and solar and all of these renewable sources, which are good for the environment as the Bitcoin continues to dominate the world with the most secure network to ever exist, which is the Bitcoin network. And with that being shared, fam, now let's dive into the next breaking story of the day. And that's a major victory for the entire crypto industry as the SEC and No Clarity Gary takes yet another L. That's right. They took a loss here with this appeal. Check it out. District Court Judge Torres rejected the U.S. SEC's motion to appeal its loss against Ripple Labs, the company responsible for issuing the XRP token. In an October 3rd court order, Judge Torres denied the SEC's motion, claiming that the regulator failed to meet its burden to show that they were controlling questions of law or that there were substantial grounds for differences of opinion on the matter. Quoting them here, the SEC's motion for certification of interlocutory appeal is denied and the SEC's request for a stay is denied as moot as shared here in this conclusion highlighted here for all the reasons stated above the SEC's motion for certification of interlocutory appeal is denied and the SEC's request for a stay is denied moot the trial in this matter is set to begin on April 23rd 2024 at 9 a.m. Though, there you have it. Now, notably, the decision isn't an outright loss for the regulator, as Judge Torres scheduled the trial April 23rd, 2024, to address the remaining issue of the matter. Currently, the price of XRP surged nearly 6% immediately following the news, according to data from TradingView, and it's also one of the top gainers in the top 10 for today. Now, on July 13th, as you know, Judge Torres ruled partially in favor of Ripple, declaring that retail sales of the XRP token did not meet the legal definition of of a security, meaning it didn't meet the Howey test. Now, the court did find, however, the Ripple had violated security laws by selling XRP tokens directly to institutional investors. In August, the regulator moved to appeal this decision, arguing there was substantial ground for differences of opinion on the laws at hand. However, Ripple Labs and the SEC did not provide an immediate response to the request for comment at the time of publication. However, here's what Brad Garlinghouse, their CEO, had to share on X. The SEC's request to file an interlocutory appeal is denied. I am not a lawyer, but it's seems the court just told the SEC, you asked me to apply the Howey test. I did. And like it or not, you lost. Facts. It is what it is. The SEC ruled uh, its lawsuit against Ripple CEO Garlinghouse and co-founder Chris Larson. This started all the way back in December of 2020, right? I think it was the final week of Jay Clayton who got replaced by Gensler, prompting many exchanges to delist the XRP token to avoid potential legal concerns, in which they all did. Every major exchange delisted XRP because they didn't want to be selling an unregistered security and get attacked by the SEC. Now, following Torres's ruling in July, Many crypto firms said they would relist the token or explore doing so in the future. And I think it's safe to say many of the major exchanges have relisted it since. The commission has targeted a number of crypto firms in their recent months over allegations of security.
security violations, including major crypto exchange Binance and Coinbase. And we're going to be discussing lawsuits against Binance and their CEO, CZ, a little later in the show. And on August 29th, we had asset manager Grayscale notched a court victory against the SEC as well, following the appeal ordering the review of its application for a spot Bitcoin ETF. So there you have it. Gary Gensler and the SEC continues to take those L's. I think it's a beautiful thing and puts a big fat smile on my face. But what are your thoughts, fam? Let me know in the comments right down below. And now let's break down our next breaking story of the day surrounding FTX and their scam token FTX. In which uh, we're talking about $4 billion worth of uh, from this exchange right before the crash. Check this out. Blockchain data analysts from Nansen have revisited the days leading up to the collapse of FTX once the second largest crypto exchange in the world, like a year ago, fam, let that sink in, including the transfer of $4.1 billion worth of FTT tokens between the exchange and Alameda Research. A Nansen report showed, uh, which Cointelegraph reveals unique observations from the blockchain analytics firm, highlighting a close relationship between the two companies founded by Sam Bankman-Fried. As the former FTX CEO appears in court to face a litany of charges relating to the collapse of the exchange, in which I believe starts today. It's going to be entertaining, to say the least. I wonder if it's going to be uh, broadcasted on TV. Let me know, guys. The collapse of FTX is widely reported to have been sparked by initial reports that flagged the significant 40% share of Alameda's $14.6 billion in assets held in FTT tokens in September 2022, which was just ultimately printed out of thin air. Nason analysts revealed that they observed dubious on-chain interactions between FTX and Alameda before these reports came to light. Between September 28th and November 1st, Alameda sent 4.1 billion FTT tokens to FTX and several continuous transfers of United States dollar peg stablecoins amounting to a total of 388 million dollars. Now, on-chain data also indicates that FTX held around 280 million FTT tokens, which is 80% of the total 350 million FTT supply. Blockchain data reflects considerable proportions of FTT trading volume, amounting to billions of dollars flowing between various FTX and Alameda wallets. Now, Nansen also highlights that most of the FTT supply, consisting of company tokens and unsold non-company tokens, was locked in a three-year vesting contract. The loan beneficiary of the contract is an Alameda control wallet, according to the analysts, which ultimately means Bankman-Fried controls it. Given that the two companies controlled around 90% of the FTT token supply, Nansen suggests the entities were able to prop up each other's balance sheets. Talk about scammy. The report also suggests that Alameda most likely sold FTT tokens over the counter as a well for collateral for loans from crypto lending firms. Quoting them here, this theory is backed by historical on-chain data where we observe regular large inflows and outflows between FTX, Alameda, and Genesis trading wallets with transfer volumes of up to $1.7 billion as seen in December 2021. Now also keep in mind the collapse of the Terra ecosystem and subsequent bankruptcy of Three Arrows Capital, like led to liquidity issues for Alameda due to the drop of the FTT value, which led to a covert $4 billion FTT back loan from FTX. Quoting the report here, our on-chain data indicates that this may have happened. Amidst the collapse of Three Arrows Capital in mid-June 2022, Alameda sent roughly $163 million of FTT to FTX wallets worth approximately $4 billion at the time. The researchers claimed that the $4 billion transaction volume coincided with a $4 billion loan figure that close associates of Bankman-Fried have divulged in an interview with Reuters. Now, blockchain data also reflects how Alameda would not have been able to make 
make good on an offer to buy FTT tokens from Binance at $22 on November 6th. This was after the Binance CEO CZ announced that the exchange would offload its tokens following disparaging reports about Alameda's balance sheet. So there you have it. Fam, how do you think this lawsuit is likely to play out for Sam Bankman-Fried and the FTX executives? Let me know your honest thoughts in the comments right down below, and I'll be keeping you posted with the latest updates as they are delivered. And with that being shared, now let's discuss everything surrounding the latest news with Binance and CZ, and then we'll dive into his largest Bitcoin price prediction ever shared of $60 million per coin. Let's break this baby down shall we? CZ, where you at, dog? Check this out. Binance CEO CZ reportedly declined to pay $40 million to former FTX CEO Bankman Freed for a futures crypto exchange all the way back in March of 2019, according to an excerpt from Michael Lewis's book, Going Infinite, The Rise and Fall of a New Tycoon. According to the book, SBF proposed a future exchange with zero risk in case of bad trades with high leverage. And traditionally, a futures exchange allows the traders to leverage funds against small collateral, and the exchange often asks traders to increase collateral if the trade starts to go bad. Now, in crypto, price swings can be fast and significant, which can leave the exchanges with bad debts due to the lack of collateral. However, FTX wanted to create a futures exchange that would monitor the trader's activity, and as soon as the trade surmounted, the collateral would liquidate the user's position, thus limiting any potential losses to the exchange. The book suggests that at the time of SBS proposal, Back in 2019, Binance and FTX had much different goals. FTX wanted to cater to institutional investors, while Binance was all about retail customers. And after pondering the proposal for a few weeks, CZ, the Binance CEO, reportedly denied the request for funding from SBF and went on to create an in-house futures platform. The author of the book claims that CZ's decisions didn't go well with SBF, who reportedly called the Binance CEO a douche <laughs> for his decision after the denial from Binance. FTX created its own FTX futures exchange as we know in 2019, but wasn't sure about its success. In an excerpt from the book, quoting SBF reads the following, if it works, it is worth billions of dollars, but I thought there was a better than 50% chance it wouldn't work. I have never done marketing. I have never talked to the media. I never had customers. It was just different from anything that I have ever done. Now, this was not the only incident when SBF and CZ crossed paths. In 2022, when the FTX liquidity crisis came to the public light, FTX reached out to Binance about an acquisition, but CZ declined, claiming the platform was beyond redemption, even though in the beginning he was saying maybe he would rescue it. Now, the latest revelation comes as the former FTX CEO's trial kicks off in New York officially today, where he faces multiple charges of fraud and money laundering in connection with the FTX collapse. Now, let's discuss California resident files a class action lawsuit against Binance and its CEO over the alleged role in the FTX implosion. Let's break this down and then we'll dive into CZ's $60 million price prediction. A California resident has filed a class action lawsuit against top crypto exchange Binance and the company's CEO, Shangping Zhao, for allegedly attempting to monopolize the crypto market by hurting FTX. Anyone feel sorry for uh, SBF or FTX as a result of CZ? I think not. Now check this out. He says in a new lawsuit that he lost crypto when FTX collapsed last November. Cry me a river, didn't we all? His lawyers claimed that Binance and CZ were unhappy with the former FTX CEO's regulatory efforts in the US. The lawyers call attention to CZ's tweet November 6th when he announced Binance's plan to liquidate their holdings of FTX's native token, FTX. T 
RTT due to recent revelations. Quoting him here, Zhao's tweet calls the price of FTT to decline 14% over a 24-hour period. CZ tweeted, we are not against anyone, but in the same post, he added, we won't support people who lobby against other industry players behind their backs. And on Tuesday, November 7th, 2022, CZ tweeted, there is a significant liquidity crunch to protect the users we signed a non-binding letter of intent intending to fully acquire FTX.com. But the lawyer noted, however, that Binance pulled back from the deal the following day after it appeared they were armed with confidential information from FTX entities. Quoting him here, CZ publicly disseminated this information on Twitter and other social media platforms to hurt FTX entities that ultimately led to a rush and unprecedented collapse of the FTX entities. FTX entities and its board of directors were unable to avoid this collapse in the market before FTX entities bankruptcy filings. CZ showed no qualms about publicly tweeting to hurt FTX entities. He also claims Binance practiced unfair competition and violated laws regulated by the SEC. Bankman Freed has been charged with defrauding investors, as we all know, and mishandling billions of dollars worth of customer funds related to the FTX implosion last year. If convicted, he faces over 100 years behind bars. I mean, it is what it is at the end of the day. Now let's discuss the overreach from the SEC as claims from Binance and CZ. And then again, the $60 million price prediction in which he shared. We will breaking down the numbers of how he got here. But check this out. Uh, crypto research firm Paradigm filed an amicus brief in the ongoing court case between the US SEC and Binance, its US affiliate, Binance US, and the exchange's global CEO, CZ. Back in June, the US top securities watchdog launched a lawsuit against the defendants, accusing them of operating unlicensed exchanges, broker, dealers, and clearing agencies amongst 13 charges. In a statement released September 29th, Paradigm, who claims to have zero interest or investment in the defendants, has taken a stance against the SEC, accusing the commission of governmental overreach. That's right. Crypto choke point 2.0. Call them out. Now, the SEC wants to change the law, Paradigm says, according to them, is attempting to bypass the rulemaking process and rewrite the law, utilizing the distributing allegations in its lawsuit against Binance and its co-defendants. The San Francisco-based research firm backs its claims by firstly stating that the SEC's prayers being granted would mean that the U.S. court accepts the commission's theory that an investment contract does not necessarily need a contract, which makes no sense, right? Paradigm states that such a theory is false, as case law clearly says that it an investment contract demands a contractual agreement that promises the future appreciation of an asset. Facts. And in case of cryptocurrencies, the crypto research firm says the SEC cannot provide such an agreement as there is none, especially in relation to tokens sold on the secondary markets. Furthermore, Paradigm stated that a court victory for the SEC against Binance would extend the applications of the SEC's laws to all kinds of assets, which include gold, silver, artwork, which are brought with the anticipation of price appreciation, yet not viewed as investment contracts. Paradigm further emphasizes that the general hope that an asset accrues value does not create a common enterprise, a vital part of an investment contract, but rather such optimism only represents a common interest, especially when there is no direct link between the asset issuer and the secondary investor, as in the case of many crypto assets. Preach. Now the calls for crypto regulation continues. In its final argument against the SEC, Paradigm calls for clear crypto regulations. Is that 
that asking for too much, no Claire Gare? Just saying. That empowers the SEC's oversight over the crypto space, a sector of growing economic and political importance. The crypto research firm believes the SEC's reliance on the Howey test, which is a 77-year-old outdated legal test, does not provide much needed clarity to regulate a diverse crypto industry. Let's get your act together, guys. In conclusion, Paradigm states that the SEC's attempts to enforce crypto regulation through an unreasonable interpretation of investment contracts based on its legal test fails the major question doctrine, thus requiring clear congressional intervention. So there you have it, fam. What are your thoughts surrounding the overreach by the SEC? I agree 100% with Binance, and uh, I disagree with the regulators 100%. And for Christ's sake, leave CZ and Binance alone. They're trying to take out all their frustration against FTX and Scam Bankman Freed and point the finger at them as uh, Mr. Wonderful, Mr. O'Leary was doing immediately after he got caught red-handed. Anyways, fam, now let's break down the moment you've all been waiting for, and that's CZ's $60 million Bitcoin price prediction, shall we? Let's kick this baby off. Here we go. JV, that would be me. I'm going to talk about myself in the third party, a crypto YouTube influencer. Remembered CZ's prediction that Bitcoin would reach $10 million per coin, but hear me out. JV referred to a statement in a recent video uploaded on YouTube where he analyzed various aspects of the Bitcoin market development. JV looked back at CZ's Bitcoin prediction while analyzing the Binance CEO's recent Twitter comments in a Q&A session on July 5th. CZ addressed several issues, including Binance's reaction to the ongoing regulatory scrutiny, and also spoke about the rising interest of institutional investors in cryptocurrencies and the proposed BlackRock ETF. Send it. Let's go. CZ made the $10 million price prediction back in September of 2021, following MicroStrategy's announcement of allocating Bitcoin for their corporate strategy. So keep that in mind. When uh, they were the first corporate company to put Bitcoin on the balance sheet, we're talking about Michael Saylor's company, MicroStrategy. This was at the end of September of 2021, and the Bitcoin price at the time was trading just north of $60,000. This was two months before hitting the all-time high of $69,000, just FYI, so you know. So yeah, check this out. CZ bases analysis on the possibility of several corporate companies across the world allocating 1% of their corporate treasury into Bitcoin. And according to CZ, that can lead to a 1,000x growth in the value of Bitcoin. So you do the math. At 60,000 per coin, which was in September when CZ made this prediction, times 1,000x, simple math, that's $60 million per Bitcoin. Send it and let's freaking go. Let me know if you agree or disagree with CZ. JV highlighted CZ's welcoming approach to institutional investors in the Bitcoin ecosystem. CZ noted the advantages traditional finance firms brings to the crypto industry despite concerns about their intentions clashing with Bitcoin's decentralized nature. And according to JV, CZ identified two factors driving the Binance strategy for the next 18 months. They include the upcoming Bitcoin halving, which is now scheduled to be roughly six months out and take place in April of 2024, as well as the growing interest of institutional investors in the crypto industry, which we know is around the corner as well. Once we get the approval of a spot Bitcoin ETF, it can send trillions into the Bitcoin market. He also noted that both factors would lead to Binance bracing up for higher trading volumes. The Bitcoin community expects the next halving, as you know, in April, less than now, six months out. And in an aspect of the Bitcoin algorithm designed to control inflation and promote Bitcoin scarcity, past halving events resulted in significant growth of the Bitcoin 
Bitcoin price action and users expect a similar scenario with the Bitcoin having occurs in 2024. So there you have it, fam. It's just a matter of time. Six months out, we're more than likely to not only have the Bitcoin having one of the biggest catalysts in the Bitcoin market, but also get that approval of a spot. Bitcoin ETF, probably more than likely going to be BlackRock, the largest asset manager in the world. Combine that with the unprecedented supply shock as there's currently less than 2 million Bitcoin sitting on the exchanges. And for these major asset managers around the world, from BlackRock to Fidelity to ARK21, et cetera, they need to be holding on to the underlying asset. So can you say supply shock, send it and let's freaking go. And don't forget to check out CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in the live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode. Hoddle.